1: And welcome to the NXT review. I'm Michael Hanford from What Culture, and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's episode of the brand, formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, let it last a bit longer so that the Zoom call thing works out. As you can tell, apologise that we're working in uh, the Zoom conditions today, so any lags or any of that stuff, we do apologise. It'll uh, all be back to best on Friday, I think. We'll all be back studio based and all that. But in the meantime, if you're a fan of the, what this sort of thing normally sounds like. Make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Oh, I wish I could do the fist bump that you do. we can't do it through the screen. Um, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review NXT, but also Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have wrestler interviews, have roundtable discussions, and around round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. Uh, Siege, not that we typically spend too much time over the desks discussing this brand of a Wednesday morning, but um, because we are separate today, uh, we haven't sort of shared any thoughts on this whatsoever, and I am almost nervous to approach you with this take for a little bit of introductory preamble. I think I like this episode, <laughs> I think I just enjoyed it. At the end,
0: I had a lot of fun with it yeah. on an earnest and perverse level. Uh, I don't wish to alarm you. Is there a spider? It- on your uh, wall there above the door, no, it's uh, like a happy birthday sticker
1: because ah. I know the exact thing you're looking at now. The no, black like... mark, there's a little like sort of yeah, it's like a little cake on a white sticker, but it's on a white wall. Uh, through the it. so slight blur of this view, um, otherwise, that would be absolutely massive. And I could understand why you wouldn't be able to concentrate for the duration.
0: Yeah, what the back of my head, two fly shagging. I thought he was making it up, and no, he produced the uh pictorial evidence, but no, yeah, there was stuff we, I thought, we did uh,
1: we did do fly shagging at length during the pandemic if you remember so we've actually covered that off on this podcast before
0: yes absolutely yeah. um yeah i had perverse the <laughs> old sick of perverse pleasure on this show and i think you know what i'm goddamn talking. talking talk i think it I was a, a a match or at least a performer who somehow again felt big time in yeah. this context and there's a really stupid match announcement and there was a plunder thing that I didn't think was too bad, really. So, honestly, I'm looking forward to this one for once. Yeah, not a bad two hours. And, we, uh, and we're
1: starting it uh, going in hot. Well, 50% hot because it's uh, Brom Breaker versus Von Wagner for the NXT title. Um, a shrewd choice for an opener here. It's title Tuesday, so you've got to go with one as the closer and one as the opener. And I think this one, result-wise, was never in doubt. Uh, I'm not ever as good with the recap stuff as Will Born is, so we're just going to, like, touch on the high spots and have general thoughts on the match. But what I will say is for what was, for the most part, Just an extended host fight. And this went around, I got this in at around 13, like 14 minutes, which would scare me on paper, quite honestly. In breaker versus Von Wagner, Braunbreaker still being forced into that 2003 Goldberg formula. I thought this was a remarkable achievement from both guys, actually. They did the bit at the start where uh, Von Wagner sacrificed Robert Stone to Braun in order to get any kind of advantage whatsoever. And he actually held it up for a bit. Uh, This is. Have I just lost my head completely? Or is Von Wagner over the last few months showing signs of improvement as a whole smaller? He was in control for quite a lot, more than I ever would have given him if I was agent in this, and yet he held up his own well. And then when Braun Breaker got the babyface comeback, none of it felt labored, none of it felt dry. And ultimately, um, he, all, uh, Von Wagner had worked his back. So when Braun Breaker was making the comeback, he was trying for all his power stuff, but he was constantly selling the back. He couldn't do the, uh, the gorilla press in the power slam that he likes. Um, so Von Wagner managed one, one last escape, but Braun clipped him with the spear, and that's still a kill shot. It's still deadly. And no matter what you've done, he's always got that in the locker. And Von Wagner was vanquished again. Like, this was the fat end of 15 minutes, and I thought they did
0: really well with it. I thought they did all right with it as well. I think it was big, dumb fun. A lot of it looked like it hurt, um, like the two spectacles, like living spectacles of boys. So it did sort of work for me on that kind of visceral, I like this when I was a kid basis, yeah. you know um the one flaw i had in this match is that Bronbreaker breaker running the ropes even in the most tedious or just barely there bron breaker matches of which there are a few he has really stepped up um even when he's working a tag against pretty deadly alongside who was it uh wesley yes and it was just it was gentleman's three it was fine he still does this rope run and it's like i would not ever want to be in the way of this yeah like Bron breaker has got that really rare energy where you just don't want to be in the ring with him he has Mm. that threat he has that explosive power and he can just run those ropes like absolutely no one's business he was a bit careful against von wagner when he did that spot tonight i don't know whether it's because um von wagner isn't that great yet and can't do this incredible flip bump or his positioning isn't there but it was a bit tentative that spot which kind of sucked the wind out of the match but i thought the finish was remarkably dramatic and throughout it was just quite good
1: yeah I, I i know it sounds like damning with faint praise by saying as such but um von wagner especially i'd like there was a long way to go in his development we acknowledge that pretty much in every podcast but making strides which is wouldn't have expected uh as is uh jodie mcdonough who was the first of various top level contenders to congratulate Bron breaker after his match um next we go to I guess what was like a significant bit of development from last week's nxt which i know you watched in your own time but just to recap for your benefit yeah this yeah, yeah. benefit obviously um zoe stark turned heel last week on nikita lions um yeah very much kind of sean throwing marty through the window uh animal turning on hawk in 1998 you know the great tag teams have to come to an end sooner or yeah. later and it was time for stark and lions to call it a day she was sick of um, how she'd had to carry Nikita Lyons. She said even when she'd... I'm I'm taking a piss a little bit. I didn't think Zoe Stark's delivery was fantastic here because you tell she had so much to memorise. Like, so much stuff to get out there that was clearly at the front of her head the whole time. You could see it in her eyes that it was more about remembering dialogue. But the messaging was the stuff we've heard before. She has a long injury layoff. She comes back. She wants to help out. She wants to help somebody like Nikita Lyons. And already she feels like she's being misused and abused in her... You know all her experience and ability is being put to waste um you know none of these things pass without blaming each and every one of us it's mine or your fault sidrick um it always is uh but she is now at least ready to go in it on her own she's uh, undeniable uh and we can assume from this we can infer from this that nikita Lyons is going to be the first one to uh pay the consequences of zoe stark just remembering who the hell she is i've no problem with this is quite basic fundamental split hit tag team heel turn material but when the person delivering it when the person's been given so much that it's just line recital over and over again and it's line recital over a team that were
0: together what a month it was hard for this to not come across as quite fake i thought yeah it was incredibly fake and um trying not to be harsh but it was very very poorly delivered on a fundamental level this um each and every one of you Material simply does not work in NXT because they are the least discerning set of facts <laughs> I've ever seen. They'll go mental for pretty much anything. It's almost shocking when they're not into something. The only time um, in the NXT 2.0 era that I can vaguely recall this audience just not being on board with virtually everything that happened on the show is when it was announced. I know when they just came back from Dallas, mm. um, having done a big, well, aspirationally big um arena show and these fans really didn't like not seeing that live yeah, they were really bitchy weren't they? they were really bitchy they really let the fans have it that's legitimately the only time i can remember that these fans didn't just really go uh, they're essentially extras they're not paying fans mm-hmm. who bought the ticket on the strength of the brand a certain star a certain match whatever and uh, they're not paying money they get invited it's sort of a group it's like the night out and they just are up for it, because I think if they weren't up for it, there'd be, you know, gentle encouragement from certain NXT staffers to come on, make some noise, we're charging you. Um, (laughs) that doesn't work in this context, and my God, like, this is not a good promo at all. And look, I don't wanna punch down, um, even on Chuds, but this was absolutely, this is fairly useless, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm she was visibly trying to remember what to say which instantly felt fake as you point out she stumbled over the words because she couldn't remember them because she was reading all of this from her mind and not her heart um and she had this pretty awful habit of like not being able to physically control the microphone yeah. so half of the stuff felt fake in the other half you could barely hear it because she just didn't have any composure i think this is one of the first times she's had to go out in a defense in front of the hard cam and do a five minute explanation um like i hope they continue to do it but manage it in smaller doses because this can't have done her confidence any good at all because it was piss poor
1: And it's typical that, all too typical of WWE to hand somebody something that is a hand grenade to them compared to just, say, giving a, like letting their actions do the talking. Like the old day, like not to be old balls about this, but Zoe Stark has shown quite a tremendous amount of skill to the point where she could leapfrog everybody on this roster and go straight into the main roster. And in their mind, it's like, right, what we've got to do now is polish up the one thing that we think you can't do, rather than simply enhance the thing that you're really good at and let the rest Find itself, let the rest catch up along the way. It doesn't happen organically, does it? She doesn't get become a better promo. She understands a character. She's told, right, you're this character now. Go and be it. Wrestling would have told a far better story for me. Like a, a quick squash over a game babyface would have told a better story than her on a microphone, I think. Here.
0: Yeah. I mean they've got to do it. It's WWE after all. They don't have to do it, but they've got to do it. They've got to do
1: it. Um, We go next briefly to um, Duke Hudson and Andre Chase, who again, just for the other people that didn't watch NXT last week, um, Hudson threw in the towel when Andre Chase was in trouble, but not wanting to tap out himself. And uh, Andre Chase isn't too pleased about it. But Hudson is continuing on this path that he loves Chase U and he loves Andre Chase and his new life as part of Chase U so much that he wanted to protect his health. Um, Charlie Dempsey was going to take him out and he might have injured him and that would have been the last thing that Duke Hudson would have wanted. Um Wilborn, if he has listened to this, will kill me if I don't bring this up. He uh, identified uh, a little bit of uh, just minor detail last week. They do the big hands-in, saved by the bell, chase you thing. And Andre Chase always goes in last and goes on top. And then Duke Hudson last week did that little bit of, a, you know, like the one potato thing you do with your kick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He insisted that his hand went on top. So there's this idea now that it's not so much that Duke Hudson's wants to turn on Andre Chase as maybe take chase you from underneath him, perhaps, which does actually tie back to um uh who is it thea Hill trying to buy uh like chase you what if like there's some like dirty deed going on, on the side between her and Duke hudson <laughs> is uh, james sorry kiana james because because thea Hill, that's why her name is mean, thea Hill is actually started quite into like hudson he's growing on her uh I, this is this is guilty pleasure stuff because it is absolute nonsense uh sometimes these skits go so far in the other direction that it's almost like the wrestlers forget there's supposed to be a wrestling match at the end I, I, yeah maybe i'm into bond's chair today and it's out rubbing off on me but I, I thought this is pretty good stuff i like i like you
0: hudson i like his commitment to it i've got a vision to sell you yeah given how much i know you are enamored of 1995 yes i've got a vision to sell you right oh my yeah. i think i know what might be coming dean duke hudson <laughs> yeah, yeah that's
1: good yeah. That. good stuff dean duke hudson do you think i uh, was sean in the chair he'd be allowed to reference dick flair
0: yeah yeah <laughs> dick flair i think he could be the new dean of. yeah will be rebranded as hudson university oh, it's right. like uh hudson you know when there's like yale and harvard Harvard. uh i somebody somebody will let us know if there is a
1: the hudson uh pony flyers <laughs> playing out of hudson connecticut
0: um university oh we got one Hudson University is a uh, location in the DC universe. So that'll be trademark. I'll <laughs> we'll have to come up with something else then. Made the
1: rubbish. University of Hudson. Um, Apollo Crews is the next person to go up to Bron Breaker. He's telling him to his face that he's going to, if he can beat JD McDonald, he's getting the next title shot. More on that a little bit later. Uh, next to a thing that I think we're probably both excited to pontificate on. Uh, Indusher versus... Yeah! Both- <laughs> Ariel Dominguez. We have had a lot of fun with uh the brothers of destruction comparisons based mostly to be fair on one guy who's wrestled all the 10 times being cast as a locker room leader and into a team that wrestled twice we think twice being twice. brought back
0: together twice as this on tv twice on yeah TV.
1: this whole idea of like time to get the burn back together as if the people in are coming back yeah yeah after this performance i'm on that goddamn buzz. what a squash this was you've said this a million times um there's no excuse for a bad squash now because AEW reminded everybody just how fantastic they can be uh what they did <laughs> the trick of this match there's this the great spot which i always love i think it was ariel dominguez, george kind of gets such a beating ariel dominguez is so terrified to get him that he wants none of it he isn't just pulled in over the top rope. he is nearly he nearly clears the ring getting pulled in he gets dragged in and he bumps the full 20 foot of the ring and lands on the other side of it and most of their offense in shows. And I won't talk over all of this too much because I can tell you're excited to get on it as well. Comprises of them being so massive that they just pancake their opponent between their bodies or between their body and the post. That's 95%
0: of this squash. And uh, it rules, actually. Industry, I get the win after like a couple of minutes. I honestly had an experience unlike literally any other watching this program when these lads did their business. I was just like up a height. I was absolutely up a height my goodness look i'm going to be boring about this because it's uh it's a professional um conscientious thing to do not only should we not see a match like this again i don't think we will <laughs> i think they will get i think they will have been told uh right calm down lads <laughs> calm down i know it's a big moment and I know the TV cameras are on and we're live piling all the rest of it, but you cannot do that again. Mm. You mustn't do that again because Jesus Christ, reckless is the word. And I tell you what, I tell you what elevated my enjoyment of this match and indeed the entire show, Bukati is Bukati again. Yeah, he, isn't he? T is, not he? Bukati is Bukati again. He was remarkably and like, sort of bleakly uh, boring. With yeah. Buka He's like come on, it's Booker T, NXT 2.0. We really thought this was, how, would I, he was just, he was going crazy. He was going absolutely crazy. He was enjoying this too much. Just like I enjoyed this too much. <laughs> now with pure nonsense. It was absolutely fantastic. Like the more excited he gets, the more inexplicable his commentary. And this is yeah. bloody inexplicable. There's a bit, right? And I think it's, uh, I think it was Veer doing the spot where it's like, you don't want to tag in tough, Titties, you're getting in, and they put the other guy in the ring.
1: Oh my god! Oh my
0: god! He almost landed on his head. <laughs> he um, nearly
1: landed on the ramp. He
0: got him that far. He, honestly, it was like that. Worse, it was like he scorpioned him. Basically, it's like oh god, that was nearly a crime scene. And then they did the pancake where It's like you are just getting crushed. Jesus Christ! It looked unbelievable. And um, the finish, did they botch it or is it that dangerous on purpose?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. It just they they killed
0: him. I don't know if it was meant to be a leg drop or just like a kick to the head that the guy's head almost went with a 45 degree angle, oh, yes. flat right to the canvas. You'll never see any. It's like pro wrestling's Aguero moment. I once oh. reserved that take for Omega versus a of a Four. No, this is taking the mantle. <laughs> I swear you'll never see anything like this again because you shouldn't. <laughs>
1: there's a um what's great is that there's a bit of ltst with this as well because the last team that had a squash debut like this was the creed brothers Yeah, yeah, yeah. About two years ago and that's what the lining up was the first theme. i want that match they have arrived at a combination of wrestlers that i desperately want to see
0: this was the guiltiest of guilty pleasures i'm being earnest when i say i'm glad that the um enhancement talents came away unscathed i genuinely wouldn't want to watch this i'm going to be quite frightened when they step back into the ring because this was absolutely borderline reckless it's one of those things that you can enjoy after the fact knowing that ah i i legitimately went on to uh, twitter to uh, see an injury report just in case right. but they got through the match and everything it seemed fine um but this was frightening in a way that pro wrestling rarely is nor should it be i'll take it once if it was okay
1: yeah if everyone got out of this alive yeah we'll take that
0: never again never so,
1: again um but yeah but um i guess uh, well off the mark i suppose the show starting all over again and diamond Mine, uh the, the creed brothers followed up next they want some of them and i, I guess we're leading at that down Industry's the
0: road post-match promo as well was delightfully terrible
1: yes sorry yeah i should point that out they were furious that they were famous in their home country but unknown in america and i guess it's time for them to change that with squashes like this so objective achieved i suppose yeah um, on, on night one but that's what they want to do they're gonna the bodies are gonna pile up until they get the recognition they deserve um and it seems like it might not be now what i was hoping because diamond mine were desperate for the fight and i, you know, I was like not now not now i wonder now if next week diamond mine are gonna squash two people when it becomes that competitive remember bull dempsey and baron yeah. yeah like how many jobbers have to die like piled high before these two teams are allowed to fight so I thought that might be quite a nice way to build it. Um, speaking of build, we've got the last bit of the when Sick of Cora J, their match is announced for next week. That's been your basic heel baby face back and sort of forth. So we'll talk about that on next week's preview. Um, <laughs> uh, next, we've got JD McDonough versus Apollo Creed. I didn't really know what to make of this because oddly, considering the personnel, I wasn't as drawn in by this as I was Breaker and Von Wagner um on paper it's one of them like i thought they meshed really well i thought um Madonna in particular against my better judgment continues to have a lot of very strong in-ring performances the, the problem with jordan devlin is he's still jordan devlin when the bell rings isn't he like this continues yeah. to be an issue like he, he, he can gear. i just don't want to watch it well it's great because apollo Crews won and he's having he's in the middle of a bit of a purple patch on nxt i thought this lacked an obvious story i didn't feel like there was much in the way of any kind of there was no body part work there was no emotional heft to it, uh, and yet they kind of—they didn't bore me. This didn't. This wasn't one of them dreaded Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, and matches just happening in front of you things. So maybe it's the stakes. Maybe it was the fact that it was obvious that whoever was going to win was going to be the number one contender, and I was, within the context of the match, I was buying that either man was the next right man for Bronbreaker. And to that end, Apollo Crews got the win, and obviously, assuming what he said to Bronbreaker and what he's been saying in the last few weeks comes good, I guess we can assume that's the uh, the deadline main event and a potentially pretty cool one at that as well not a bad piece of business i just i didn't didn't sense that either man was particularly like trying to work a limb or leave anything long term for afterwards
0: no it was really really well worked i would describe this as another disappointingly very good jd McDonough match yeah kind of in spite of yourself you got into like some of the work was pretty tremendous like again like we saw the opposite of this later on and i will touch on that as and when we get to it but there were certain moments where it's like they were just working in such glorious sync and that's the thing this wasn't like a blow away great go out of your way to see this tv match and um, but when you see some of the other dreck and the way that some of these wrestlers just cannot do this on this show like every single moment where they were slipping out of things at the very last nanosecond before mm. the block was going to get Knocked off the heads. Um, this is just like really urgent, perfectly timed work, and as a result, I involuntarily got into it. But no, we'll touch more obviously on the match that this match made next week or whenever. But yeah, it is a good prospect.
1: Um, I want to spend some time on this next because we had a, I think, a, be- becoming a bit of a cult favorite of ours. Uh, Javier Bernal, big body Javier, was yeah. uh, with Mackenzie Mitchell and the pop that could be heard from inside by four walls this morning when he does the l dandy bit with axiom he says axiom's a great wrestler he's a jam up guy and he wants to do away with constantly being given matches and he wants to challenge people himself he's calling out axiom this week and then mackenzie mitchell reminds him he's injured so uh he's furious <laughs> who's she to doubt axiom sidric uh so he's like, like fair enough i understand that i'll take that i don't want to fight an injured guy so i want to take on Ilya dragunov Mackenzie Mitchell reminds Dragonoff that he's also injured in Germany. So Big Body Happy's like, yeah, I'd stay in Germany if I was going to challenge me too. Uh, so then he offers out any single member of Gallus, doesn't give a toss. To which point Mackenzie Mitchell reminds him that uh, she, he, they're suspended. So at this point, he blames uh, her for all of these people not being available to answer a challenge. She's blocking his potential. And then he walks away, having set up a match with absolutely nobody.
0: Uh, yeah, he's such a detestable guy. He really has something. Um... Just a good heel bit, calling out people he knew damn well would not be able to answer the challenge. Trying to tee himself up to say, well, everyone's afraid of Big Barty Harvey. Yeah. Like an actual broadcaster. Like, this is another sort of underrated element of the Triple H thing, where they're not idiots anymore. They're not just automatons designed to orate the exact same questions and do that whole, I'm completely befuddled by this development, uh, (laughs) looking to the camera. Um, a broadcaster was challenging this idiot heel who was trying to get away with something. Yeah. And what he was trying to get away with was quite funny material. And she didn't appear to just be a talking prop. So honestly, this is kind of good.
1: All I know is, is that when you're going to call out somebody that's not in the building, let it be a work rather than a shoot. Yes, uh, all I know is that. Yeah. We, uh, we go next to, uh, to Booker T, who is uh, moderating the contract signing between Wesley and Carmella Hayes with Trick Williams. I don't want uh, to um, undersell talents of anybody in this um because i thought hayes and williams were partic- like just so funny and uh like just dripping in star quality the act is so over wesley less so but he's still working on this baby face singles yeah god bless you like a sort of it's almost a like i don't really want to make it to comparison but there's almost like a bob backland babyface return quality at wesley at the moment where i'm doing my best i'm gonna try my hardest and then next like louis through cutting that promo on that bbc documentary yes like, yes you know, better than can i beat him i don't know i will try like it's just but and it's fine because it does feel believable because he's still it's still this guy that was like had his tag career ripped away from him and he's having to figure things through but then the problem comes in that hayes and williams in this contract signing, which i should point out didn't end in the table or the schmoz or anything like that because T wouldn't allow it he was a position you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection blue nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you
0: think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: authority maybe that was what it was maybe his energy was up because he knew he got to perform he was enjoying his, his moment he got his, he, did, he ended the segment with his own catchphrase but he was insistent that this match was going to be so good that it was a quality that needed to be preserved So all it was was in all it was williams was very good all it was was an exchange of trash talk to set up the match itself and then they were out of there before any kind of fight i i didn't know what else to take from it but what we saw and just that hayes and williams
0: they're, they're too good for nxt now they've been too good for nxt this entire time but it's to their credit that they can make whatever they do most of the time feel big it's so small time. It's such amateur mm. hour. And yet they appear like stars in this context. Um, I say this quite frequently. So I don't want to bore long-time listeners of this podcast who are probably missing the bollocks at this point. But look, ultimately, Starks and Wilborn are away. Yeah. So it's it a bit more earnest when those two wacky guys just aren't <laughs> in the same room. But there's a line that Hayes had, whereas like, your highest gear, that's just where I pull up. And it was mm. just, oh, God, he could sell T-shirts. He yeah. could do this on national television with like an effortless inherent star power, and this was the most um it had shone for quite some time for me, so I was really into this
1: we uh speaking of things you are surely really into, we got a little preview that uh, t bar is still coming back to nXt um no confirmation on what his new name will be yeah you got any suggestions
0: I don't know, uh maybe donovan Dickhead. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. The irony being that, my goodness, did you see what um, eyewear he had on? Uh, He had AVS. Yeah. Like, how dare you? If if I wasn't so sure he was a paddler's 4chan knacker, right? (laughs) I would like to think that was a bit of a deep cut. Yeah. But I just think he's clueless.
1: What's wrong with trying to clean up the competition here on NXT? I
0: don't know. Um,
1: Speaking of cleaning up, I thought Malik Blade looked quality in his uh the sweater that he was wearing that was a tribute to his dad odyssey jones didn't so a bit of a weird vibe not sure if that's setting up a turn or he was just like oh now i get it here's a bit of exposition but there we go that was them uh we've got, <laughs> got brooks jensen and josh briggs versus the dad um the, the wearing the trunks in case the rock is watching is now extended to the old grizzled young vets. which like uh, joking aside they at least all look like wrestlers again um, did you notice as well they've been given? Remember the old sanity pose where they all look like they want to fight the rocks, like the four of them? They did yeah. that at the start of their entrance now. We can't just be smiley faces and trees and putting They've got like they're just they're too wacky. WWE does wacky, goth, nerd one way, and that's you get all of it by the end. They're gonna have magic powers again soon enough. There's like the flesh eating zombies will make their return, and then The Rock will have to be sweet, like, hey, like so proud of my daughter hanging out with these flesh eating zombies.
0: Didn't Gacy have like the old? Woodstock peace signs on his yeah. front and stuff. That's a very peaceful body language, is it? Like, no, what man. is this?
1: Uh, oh, what is it? It's just all of it, man. Uh, the match was absolutely now because Jensen and Briggs are still terrible. But I do want to make one note. Um we had a situation here where because of obviously Keanu James wanting to buy Fallon Henley's bar, very little is happening in the match until she arrives on the scene. Um, she comes to challenge Fallon Henley, which Fallon Henley slaps Keanu James but Kiana James falls into the rescuing arms of Sir Wanks a lot and almost definitely felt uh, a semi-suddenly press up against her back. Uh, all that distraction on the outside results in, um, yeah, yeah, hitting their double, right, like a code breaker he finish thing for the win. Um, I thought this was going to be another week focused on Ava Rain, but, you know, <laughs> they've done some dovetailing, Sid. They've <laughs> folded in the buy-in-the-bar story into we've-got-the-rock's-daughter-in-our-group story. Uh, to allow the Dyad to get the big win and show them that they've got all the momentum now. Any thoughts on uh, Thingy
0: finally getting his hole? It's about bloody time. <laughs> about bloody time. I thought I'd have dry patch at one time in my 20s. Jesus Christ. He's going to be more, uh, uh, be more uh, worried uh, about his uh, wet patch, I think. Ultimately, it's about time. And I just miss the sexcapade element yeah. 2.0 which was threatening to get very very boring and like i want them to just get laid I, yeah. I've, I've said this a million times so apologies to the mega fans um but i will honestly watch the worst show in all of creation and i do it's called NXT 2.0 <laughs> still in my heart if there's like a hint of a romance then will they get together and we'll, won't they it's like well how's <laughs> they gonna do a bit where she's like, uh, yeah, need to get together now. I've got this. I've got these... it, warms, it warms my stupid heart if they do. Are
1: they going to do a bit where, like, you know, you see them? Because of course you see them. Why would you not see them? Back at like a hotel room or in bed or whatever, and like the implication is, yeah, we're we're going to have uh, full sex. We're going to have penetrative intercourse right right now. And like every couple that has penetrative intercourse, all you've got to do is uh, sign the penetrative intercourse sex contract. And he's like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm going to sign right here. And then she unfolds the paper and it's the D's to the bar. Is that the bit? That could be the bit. He's been chasing Minge so much that he's ended up selling his best
0: friend's bar where she had all the memories of playing pool with her mom and darts with her dad. What an absolute moron. What an absolute moron. And my God, you know what? That actually could happen because we know who's in that room. We know who's in that creative meeting. We know how old they are. The whole take about consent culture nowadays is people go have like they they still get it wrong when they're trying to take the piss as well as like uh, uh, romance is dead mystery's dead have to bloody sign a contract now before yes. before you do it it's like even that because you can withdraw consent obviously yeah like, even a contract like think about this <laughs> um so that's probably the kind of exact thing they'd get wrong um speaking of the people
1: backstage behind the scenes uh <laughs> it's the last outlaw jeff jarrett himself sean michaels here to book king of the mountain for deadline uh he's dressed up as jeff himself with his uh, cowboy hat on but at least with jeff it's just because he's got lovely long flowing blonde hair and he's a cowboy we know what sean's covering up there he looks like a goddamn state actually um and he's here to announce that at deadline there will be two uh, iron survivor challenges um it's very similar to king of the mountain in that you have to get a fall that gives you a point uh, but when you get pinned, you go into a penalty box for 90 seconds, the duration of that's match is 25 minutes, and whoever's got the most points at the end uh, wins and gets a title shot. There's going to be a men's one and a women's one. Right, I am not on Twitter at the moment, so I was going to say, I don't know what the conversation's been, but it's NXT, so probably zero. Oh, no. it's a, yeah, it's a new stipulation, so typically there's a, always, you know, a bit, of, a bit of discourse on if this works, if it doesn't. There is, so I believe sometimes, you know when TNA used to do these crazy matches where there was 50 rules, and the, you see the bullet points come up, and the general consensus is, look, if you need to list them as bullet points, it's a bad idea. There's just too much to it. I think sometimes that take can be overemphasised a little bit. Wrestling fans are not as stupid as wrestling promoters think, and you can keep a couple of things in your head. I like this. I liked the scramble. I thought the penalty box element of Money in the Bank was a genuinely good one because the idea that you can't get pinned, otherwise you're not allowed to climb the ladder. Do you know what? Where the penalty box stipulation makes more sense than something AW do, was in like the ladder match where MJF came out as the Joker? Yeah. Because if Andrade was in a penalty box, then that would explain why he didn't just grab the belt before the fifth person had come out. There are sometimes reasons why you can't just do the obvious thing and win the match. So I think my sense is that this will get criticism for being overcomplicated and silly. But number one, it's not a ladder. And two, I think the motivation of the wrestlers makes sense. Pin a guy and try not to get pinned. There's not really much to
0: it more than that. There just there happens to be a few bullet points. I don't, I don't know, what were your thoughts on this
1: as a stipulation?
0: My thoughts are, it's nowhere near as complicated as people are making out to try and make TNA jokes. Yeah, It really isn't difficult at all. And I'm with you, I think, wrestling fans. like We see the absolute worst of a tiny minority on Twitter, or at least you used to. But again, it's so easy to think that that is a representative sample. It isn't. We've seen countless times these tiny amount of people go this guy who's just showed up on AEW? well you're the idiot actually because you can infer from the reaction that even if you're not familiar with this person the match already got over yeah and the people in the arena knew exactly who they were so yeah it's just it's fine i've got a complaint about the stip that isn't about the convoluted apparently nature of the rules it's that whoever comes in last has a distinct disadvantage because theoretically opponents one and two could have pinned each other about four like four or five or six or seven times yeah are they meant to catch up um it doesn't feel like a fair match at Uh all and that was my initial problem with the scramble the scramble was an attempt to get a second rumble on the calendar a more work ratey rumble basically where you try and marry concepts of a really great match which the rumble rarely is there are so many periods of downtime um, but I think it was Patterson's idea, right? How can we modernise the Rumble? Not replace it, but just those wonderful, ageless, dramatic elements, but combine them with like a really great, hot, multi-man match. We know who's in it. There's no anticipation for the countdown. Like, oh my God, who's it going to be? Which three of the already announced participants is going to come out after five minutes? yeah does not work the rumble elements should have been scrapped they should be scrapped for this simply put a 25 minute five-way where near falls and falls alike you're just doubling near fall drama in a multi-man yeah. excitement festival if you just started with
1: all five men it's like the idea of the scores being on screen and the maths Allowing the booking to make sense of, so hypothetically, let's say, oh, well, what's the problem in a guy getting pinned? They're going at the penalty box. But wrestler A doesn't want wrestler B to get another point on the board because he's a point in front. So it's, the maths actually help the stipulation on with you. I don't know why they've insisted on having intervals because you, me and you were number one and two. We could make a deal, right, pin me, and then I'll go in the penalty box. And then I'll pin you, and you go in the penalty box. We've resolved no pain, and we're, we're stacking points yeah. up. Like, you could do that early on, couldn't you? Well, I guess we'll see as well. Like, with these matches, it's always interesting to see the first one play out and see how well it works in execution. But I like the permutations of the potential for the drama, especially at the end, Um, and the idea. Yeah, the the one thing I will say for the people coming in intervals is that there is a reason for the fight from the off. It does, just as you say, disadvantage the last person. And probably as well, part of that will be the last person will be a baby face. And the idea is they've got smash finishes pretty quickly to try and catch up. Let's say there'll be, Von Wagner might be an ideal number one because he can steal his way to a three-point lead, and then you get a hot baby face at the end having to come in and try, and or what, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. Um, But we will see how they play out, I guess. Um, And yeah, they're for the men's and women's titles, so we'll have two new and one contenders coming out of the deadline as well. Uh, Next, we've got Indy Hartwell and Tatum Paxley. Um, A short match here, set around the fact that Tatum Paxley is still recovering from a face injury, but has uh, elected to work all the same. Um, She's wearing the, the sort of the nose guard face mask thing but uh, Indy Hartwell rips that off because she doesn't care about friendship she only cares about competition and uh, gets a win they're now actively building what she's doing as a winning streak they're trying to suggest that she's finally like got herself back um on the road to recovery after all the various things that have gone wrong in her professional and personal life um I, I didn't see anything in the way of the quality of the match truthfully cool. like I don't know like direction is better than nothing but
0: the work remains pretty weak it's absolutely, this is terrible. It's terrible. And look, again, Donna Punchdown, Indy Hartwell, seems like a really nice person, and she is definitely proven herself to be worthy of TV time in a certain role. Serious in-ring wrestler. One million percent is not it. It's staggering because this, again, was a short match. Shades of uh, Tamina versus, uh <laughs> yeah, the amount of things that I noticed as glaring errors, errors in such a short duration it should be impossible like literally almost everything took a glaring second longer than it should have should have because they were just not good like it doesn't it's not this intuitive thing where they're not locked into it and therefore everything takes that extra second like when they're trying to go to the outside and sweep their feet and take them out of the ring they just stood there what hesitating to get to that spot because they're just not clicking because they're just not particularly great at this. And then at the finish, Indy Hartwell takes off the mask, elbow on the face. Mm-hmm. Sure, surely. She didn't touch her face. Am I wrong am I wrong? No, no.
1: I was it was uh, like the back of the head. She went for she targeted the back of the head instead of the face.
0: So it was just
1: it was taking the mask off was seen as extra, extra vicious. Except it wasn't vicious because
0: she didn't go for the vulnerable body part. No. It's so not absolutely terrible envision and execution this absolutely terrible with them um, I think
1: the idea was with the mask was that um so later on we'll just jump ahead because it's only a small bit uh Roxanne Perez uh greet Indy Hartwell backstage and says well done on the win uh you probably didn't need to take the mask off did you and Hartwell was like just not bothered not fussed about the mask not any of that she wants in on the she wants to get in on the match uh the dead lane um and I think that was what I think this was supposed to. Be. Like slow burn on Hartwell's attitude change. Like if she'd have taken the mask off and smashed her in the face, Roxanne Perez couldn't have been like, "Yeah, congratulations," but that was probably too far. It'd have it'd be a pull apart rather than a come on, mate. I, th- I think that was part of why they didn't go all in with Hartwell all out turning. But then why rip the mask off?
0: Yeah, at the very least, right? If she's going to go from, oh, hang on, that wasn't sportsmanlike, or yeah. it's a bit opportunistic, and you can go from really violent and nasty from that starting point which um roxanne perez has noticed as the starting point at the very least take off the mask um who is the opponent again paxley. Um, yeah take paxley paxley can then go oh i instinctively cover a face to like mm-hmm. um sort of anticipate like get the forearm leveled straight at it covers up her face right she's got no arm defense she's susceptible to a roll-up yeah and then that scans is opportunistic and then roxanne perez can point that out and indy hartwell can just say you've got to do what you've got to do i'm not yeah. a bad person and then she becomes a bad person and then it shows terrible even when it's a pretty good episode by its standards and i'm being generous to it it's still a fundamentally stupid show operated
1: by morons i'm glad you've said fundamentally stupid and operated by morons because it's uh, time some couplets with some absolutely catastrophic symbol uh, syllable imbalance scripts has been on so I Um I uh, we couldn't get normally Wilborn's really good with the tech and I'm not and he actually wires um scripts voicemails in to our podcast but I'm just gonna have to read this this time we haven't he, he's not contacted us direct uh, Jesus Christ right your cameras couldn't catch me I got past your guards with ease now that I'm oh, here yeah. <laughs> now that i'm here everything after this will only be a breeze It's like four syllables too many because i'm fast as lightning smarter than you think moves are incredible you'll miss it if you blink All Right, syllables are better but it should be missed them uh so you know for a guy called Scripps, I mean, take some writing classes there so next week you will see that you and i aren't the same so tell me who's the first to play a little game
0: sincerely scripts um, absolutely, oh, God! <laughs> so close to swearing there. It's bobbins. Yeah, it's like a bad version of a bad idea. Yes,
1: it would be lame
0: if a hacker was joining the performance center and just taking control of the show because there's a million plot holes. The actual poetry is abysmal. Yes. i did creative writing at university okay and if i'd submitted this they would kick me they'd kicked me off the course <laughs> and not undergraduate ba honors level at this um we're not even sure how you got in no um a gcsc which is at this point in your career or like your education rather in english it's not so much your flair a real knack or insight with your writing you, you want the some of that but ultimately you have to really get the actual basics of yes. technique the the technique here is appalling it is appalling i practiced this before we
1: came on and you can't adjust your cadence to make it work i don't, I don't know don't, how he does it there's no way to well there's no you can't rhythmically it, it dies on every single line like I'm, I'm not even like I did. I didn't. I my sort of English days ended at A level. I didn't take that element of my learning on to degree level like you did with creative writing. But with poetry, the idea that even when you've got rhyming couplets, the rhymes might be really lazy or really tacked on. For Christ's sake, at least make the flow rhythmical. Yeah, so you got to. So it's enjoyable to read and enjoyable to recite. Like I, I, rhyming poetry isn't really for me as anywhere near as good as non-rhyming poetry. But if you're gonna do it. At least let it be something that feels almost musical to be able to recite. They've not even tried on that front. And the writers,
0: the paid writers, doing this—that should be the trade. To whichever hack forces this content onto me, right? In their defence, there are certain children's books where I'm like, hang on. Yes, the mouthful, lad. Annoying, isn't it? It's annoying. It's a mouthful because you lose your flow. Um. So maybe it's a trickier skill to master writing children's poetry. Maybe I should uh, let scripts play out. What an f- absolute force.
1: And it remains a guy. Basically, he's got to make his debut, and he's called scripts and recite. They might as well have called him like Joey Poem. Like and his has- whole life is. So- I mean, hey, great headlock from a guy that is clearly more interested in writing poetry than he is wrestling. They've yeah. done it again. Where it's like you do remember that this person that wants to buy bars and universities is supposed to like have a snug headlock. As yeah. Well. I know. But they never remember that um we got our main event uh mandy rose versus alba fire from the absolutely terrible of nxt to the right again like remarkably very quite good actually mandy rose was out in her um, nikki bella inspired attire which i took to be because she's just broken the record as nikki bella did when she had the divas title uh, and this was and i don't think we touched on this in the preview this was a last woman standing match which at very least uh, makes sense for alba fire having her last chance and i suppose ties up the loose end of why she absolutely had to, had to, had to, had to leave no measure of a doubt that Toxic Attraction couldn't interfere because with it being this stipulation, they could have interfered, no trouble, they could have had no bother. Um, it was plunder stuff and that goes one of two ways in these NXT uh, matches and pleasingly, this one went quite well. It was just, for me, this was just super, super hard hitting. Um, the last man standing, like stipulation, is just the most tired and exhausted of all the plunder ones in WWE. Um, So you're constantly just doing nine count teasers and the like. But in the, I guess, the rest spots where the referee would be counting down, say, an eight or a nine, every time a wrestler got back up to her feet, I did admire that both Mandy Rose and Alba Fire were immediately back on them. There's kind of nothing worse when both of them are selling tiredness and both of them are down. Ultimately, it's wrestling. If we know that the whole struggle is to keep one person down for three, it stands to reason that by eight and nine. Like, you should be fully recovered. That's kind of yeah. how the logic of this works. Eight seconds, you should be able to run a marathon after eight seconds. So I loved how, like, it was Alba Fire, especially, would keep on top of Mandy Rose because she was like, it's got to be tonight. It's got to be tonight. Anyway, the whole thing contrives to them being up a ladder on the outside of the ring. Um, they're by the announce table. Uh, fire is up ladder with uh, Fire is up ladder ready to put Mandy Rose through the announce table. But Isla Dawn arrives from NXT UK, um, Scottish as well, I think. So a bit of and uh, maybe a bit of a Scotch Derby, possibly. Um, I'll do some fact checking with Murray after we finish recording um, to see, obviously, to resume their hostilities from NXT UK. She pushes fire off the ladder. Mandy Rose has now moved off to the floor. And... Is there a mist bit that. Didn't... Sorry, yes, yeah, she hit with yeah, she hit, it with, a, she hit it with some sort of mist to blind her in the eyes. Uh, Alba Fire goes through the table. Mandy Rose rolls back into the ring or rolls off to the side of it, and uh, I excuse me, um, Alba Fire can't answer the ten count. Uh, thanks to the Isle of Dawn interference and Mandy Rose retains, and that's how we go off the air. I just, again, because it was relatively short as well, because uh, obviously we've been in the main event and had so much TV time left, I thought this was better than it had any right to be, considering that it feels like these two have fought over and over again. Um, as I said, plunder brawls are not always what they could be. I think even AW sometimes are guilty, some of the plunder ones not hitting as much, because there's just so many of them now across all the brands. Uh, so yeah, not not half bad this.
0: Yeah, I've got very, very little to add, but I will make one point, and I think it speaks to at least my personal just uh, apathy and numbness towards this type of match, ladder matches in particular, because there was a ladder spot here where uh, I think it was uh, Mandy Rose was about a topple it onto a prone Alba Fire. Yeah. And it was kind of heart-stopping how close it was, but you just got out of the way at the last minute. And again, if you can, or wrestlers, can really hone in on that particular spot. and Oh, the threat of the move actually meant something because it didn't connect. Mm. And I've seen a ladder connect with flesh, bone, skin too many times this year, far too many times this year and there's still something in really well-timed work if you can convey the threat of it and yeah. i've had the threat realized again more often than i've cared to have seen so far this year but there's still something in the latter match if people can reorient what it really yeah. should mean
1: it's uh, I've, i go both ways with this mandy rose title ring because they book her to be a banana skin like honky tonk man champion so often but you can see like i can again this is the total opposite to zoe stark actually you can see it in her eyes this is real to mandy rose at the moment she really does want to make this this legacy thing that people talk about for years i'm not sure it's hitting those heights yeah, like week on week uh but i I buy her i buy her in it and i think if they can get to you know deadline if it's going to be it's probably not going to be with roxam perez i guess but if they can get to whoever it is that is set up eventually to take his title off her i think on the night uh they might get the big fight feel out of it so good on them for committing 400 odd days to that one night where it goes well yeah i no, <laughs> absolutely um i so not to be too cynical i suppose this was this over delivered i would say um as did i guess all of this nxt at least that's what we thought um did you think the same let us know on twitter um you can follow us all at what Coach WWE. uh they can get you michael sidwick at m sidgwick you can find me at michael hanflick we'll be back later on this afternoon with our aw dynamite preview uh, and again, tomorrow and the rest of the, with all the usual uh, podcast stuff that we do. Thank you again for joining us and spending your time with us. Uh, and, and until the next time, we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.